This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from gdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel and an intuitive, uh, currently in Tucson, Arizona, on the planet Earth, in the low desert, and we're having our uh, what's called our monsoon season. It's said in Tucson that we have six distinct seasons. A couple of them are very brief. One of them is this monsoon season that's, I don't know, four, five, six weeks long. And uh, it gets humid, and so you're not quite sure what to do with yourself. And then somehow water, yeah, like real water <laughs> that's absent usually, starts falling from the sky and – I don't know. Me, I don't know what to do. I actually grew up in Ohio, lived in Boston and L.A., so I'm not – you know, but for the last five years, I've been in Tucson, and it's been um, rain, you know, rainless except for these few weeks every year. So we're having that, and it just kind of opened up about an hour, hour and a half ago for a while. So it's really surreal looking outside my window and seeing um, weather that's not just the sun and, uh, and lizards running around trying to escape it. So tonight's show, 12th House Reflux, when I first thought of this uh, topic today, um, that word reflux has been used, uh, overused about a condition where you have, where you need an antacid, right? Acid reflux disease. And I thought, oh, you know, this thing I was thinking about the 12th house, like this thing that keeps repeating on you, it kind of fit. And then I looked up reflux in an uh, online dictionary and, um, and reflux in chemistry term in chemistry context is when you're boiling a liquid and then you're catching the steam so it can condense and go back into the liquid that's being boiled. So this cycle, this, this cycle of uh, you know something changing and then changing back and going through this whole process again. And I was thinking about this after the uh, episode a few months ago called Demystifying the Twelfth House, where I talked about uh, – and if you're if you're just you know catching the show for the first time, uh, I I recommend highly, or you just recently subscribed to the podcast, I highly recommend uh, going back and hearing that episode in the archives in iTunes, um, because and, and also on uh, Player FM and Stitcher, because uh, it's 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 I I, I kind of spend a lot of my time helping people understand some Plutonian stuff, but also Neptunian stuff. And with the twelfth house, how do we understand a planet in the twelfth house? I actually have an approach that's empowering, you know, when you understand it. So you can go listen to that. But after that show, I was thinking about this one detail that it kind of inspired the show. And so that's kind of been on my mind now these last couple months. And then today, uh, I heard two news stories or two things in a news magazine podcast that I listened to. Lately, you're hearing me talk a lot about what I'm listening to, and uh, it's kind of a really interesting, interesting thing. Maybe I'll touch on later. Uh, that I'm kind of translating things I'm aware of through media into my my own media. So there's a little cycle. Um, so those three things kind of form the basis of the show that I'll that I'll get into. Um, uh, first, I want to uh, do some announcements, and then I want to talk about a uh, particular uh, couple of transits in the sky right now. The announcements. Uh, this 
Sunday, the 27th of July in Tucson. I'm doing a live channeling and energy work event, an energy and emotion clearing event. I've done this on the on the telephone and people can get the MP3 and, and they listen to it and use it and they have profound, powerful, you know, that one person said freaking awesome effects. But I'm going to do this in person for a small group uh, here in town. So you can check out uh, tdjacobs.com for the info. It's 5 p.m. this Sunday. And, uh, you know, individual clients, when they come to my house and then my girlfriend, when she's having some issues, get energy work in person. And it is a little different than um, than over the phone and distance work because I'm looking at you and I'm able to, to – ex- we experience each other in a little different way. So if you're in Tucson, uh, come to this event, Sunday the 27th at 5 p.m. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm doing it at the Tucson Community Acupuncture Place uh, where I've been getting acupuncture for several months because they have a room full of comfy recliners. What better place – <laughs> to uh, to uh, get a bunch of people in there to receive support and help from Metatron and Jehudi. So that's what we're going to do on uh, this Sunday. The second announcement is to mark your calendars for every day in August of this year, starting in a little over a week. I'm going to be doing a 20-minute daily conference call to do that much energy work and channeling for you, to help clear out lower chakra stuff, to help open anything, to help get over your history to help manage your emotions better for deep relaxation a little bit every day during August. The idea is that, you know, I'll do these big events periodically, but I want you to benefit from encountering these beings and the energy work I do every day. And it's not reasonable to do like an hour of energy work every day. Uh, to really get into a, a space and to do it right in one event, it, it really needs to be 90 minutes to get you that relaxed, that open, and get you aligned with these energies. That's if it's one event. If we do 20 minutes every day, I'm going to maintain that space the whole month, essentially like, you know, for this like hour during the day, I'm going to do some meditation prep before every call. So this is my focus is I'm going to do this, uh, this kind of harsh core project of really focusing that way. I don't, I don't do that every day. Uh, so I'm preparing for that. I'm excited about that because I know that it will help me keep my head straight about certain things. Like when I do that work, it helps, it benefits the people who receive it, but it also benefits me. I get, you know, like like people who do Reiki sometimes talk about that, the 10% agent's fee. Like you benefit from the service you offer. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that and noticing the changes in myself. I'm going to be keeping a little diary of sorts over the month. And I want everybody who is calling in uh, as often as you call in to keep a little diary too. I want to share notes at the end. I want you to see – kind of a month worth of your experience of altering consciousness and seeing what comes up and how to change things and and how to take the input and the suggestions and the affirmations from the beings I'm going to channel, Ascended Master Jehudi and uh and Metatron, Archangel Metatron, to to help you, you know, to help yourself. So we're gonna do this every day for twenty minutes, six PM to 6.20 p.m. Pacific, 9 to 9.20 p.m. Eastern. If you're in Europe and you're hearing this and you're bummed it's in the middle of the night, I will do one probably later in the year for a month at a different time of day that would work better for you, like midday my time, which would be you know after dinner your time or before bedtime. So so anyway, don't, don't stress about that too much. The, the calls are not recorded, and I ask that you do not record them. The thing is that it's all honor system and no RSVP. So you, the number is published. 
on the flyer that's published on my site. And uh, uh, you can get that through Facebook, through Twitter, and through tdjacobs.com, through my blog. And the number is published, the conference number and the code, and basically up to a 1,000 people can call. So don't email me and say, is there still space? I'd like to do it, and then wait for me to reply. Don't, don't do that. Just call in. Um, call in as often as you want to, as often as you can. And so if it only works for you to do it two nights a week, perfect. Do it two nights a week. If it works for you to do it every day and you know you need some support and you need some connection, then then do it every day. At the end of the month, you're going to see how many days you called in out of the 31, and you're going to do a sliding scale, 5 to 10 bucks, and then we're going to work out payment later. Basically, you're going to contact me and say, yes, I use this service. I'd like to send some energy away for that, and we'll work it out. So there's no RSVP. There's no minimum commitment. There's no tracking your email address. There's no like using this, <laughs> using this thing to like, um, increase my marketing profile later. It's just giving you this work and then you're going to, you know, send me a fee later. That's actually pretty reasonable for what, what you're going to get. So anyway, that's every day in August. You can um, check that out. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I'll give you an update on working with my mom. Now it's been, I guess, five weeks that we've been doing this and that's the, the inspiration for it. Um, I'm always looking for new ways to deliver helpful and helpful like <laughs> things to people and different services and structures and ways of doing things. And um, and so I was thinking, you know, about what I could do. And then my mom was having, if you haven't heard the last few weeks she, uh, of the show, she was having um, some particular muscle pain that was kind of getting in her way. And so I happened to return a phone call from her, like she'd left me a voicemail when I was on the phone with a client doing energy work. So I called her, happened to be right away. I was still in that space. Usually I leave the space, but for some reason I just kind of still felt connected. She said, oh, I'm having this problem. I said, let me help you. And she said, this is so great. I would take this every day if you were willing to do this. And I said, yeah, let's do it every day for a while. We've done it um, maybe all but four days in the last five weeks. Maybe we skipped five days, but but almost every day. And she's cleaning up her relationships. She's clearing out crap with her mom who died 15 years ago. Uh, she's uh, getting a better handle on her emotions and how they work and how to contain her energy and not leak it. She's uh, – you know, dealing better in her own, in her marriage as well as with her employees. She runs a business and has some part-time employees. Just and all kinds of things, all kinds of things are being benefited because we're doing this 15 to 20 minutes every day. So that's the inspiration for this. But the update on my mom is in the flyer. You'll read a little quote, and um, and uh, we're just going to be going to be frank and talk about this. With um, she was experiencing for about a year. She's 71 right now. For about a year, she was experiencing uh, some urinary incontinence. And so she was just not getting there quite in time. And it wasn't out of the blue. It was just a not being able to get there in time. So a couple weeks into this, maybe 10 days into this, we, I really, I looked in her space and saw some stuff about frustration uh, relating to other people in her, in her marriage, but also just with other people. And when she gets frustrated, part of her energetically kind of threw her arms up in the air. Well, this is always the way it is. You know, they've been married for 20 years and sometimes stuff like that, you know, can get in our heads. But that's a disempowering belief that makes her lose energy. So we did work on this for, I mean, literally 12, 13 minutes this one day. And then it stopped. And then she gave me this testimonial. I put it in this flyer. And then they went out of town for a, for a business thing, for a job. And it happened again. So she calls me when she's back in town and says, oh, you know, the thing happened again. 
didn't make it in time, and I looked at it and I saw that this this issue about the bladder as a as a muscle holding energy, right? That actually turns into holding this this uh, waste liquid. If it can't hold energy, then it can't hold the liquid. The muscle itself is not toned. It's not intact. It's not functioning properly. So I explained to her that this is a trigger for her for when uh, if she gives up in the moment and she says, well, it's always like this. So she throws her arms up in the air figuratively and emotionally and surrenders something. She leaks energy. This will happen. So it's happened a couple times since then, but I've now got her seeing that it's a trigger. And uh, now it's fine again because she's aware of it. And so I've had her – instead of having that frustration when something isn't happening the way she wants or the person can't hear her and she's not sure if she wants to say it a fifth time, which is very frustrating for her because she's very clear. <laughs> she's very – attempts to be very clear. Um, but so when she um, – you know, I asked her in those moments to just decide that everything's fine and to calmly persist or decide to table it for later, but not to throw her arms up in the air or, ha- or let frustration to be there so that she can hold her energy. So, I'm, you know, on these daily calls, I'm not going to be having these individual conversations with you, but you're going to notice things in your life that can be helped by managing your energy better. And that includes money, relationships, uh, communication of all kinds, getting your needs met, you know, how you meet others' needs or don't, uh, doing things for yourself you perhaps have tried to get other people to do with or for you that you just need to take care of. Anyway, all these different things. And so I'm having this opportunity to do this with my mom. Um, so, But I wanted to give you that update on the incontinence thing because um, it's not a problem, but it's a trigger. It, it reflects – that's this energetic consciousness thing is out of whack. And so I'm teaching her how to be more aware of herself as an energetic being and manage that. And that, that's tremendously exciting. It's a quality of life thing. You know, it's just the, the whole thing is great. So I'm really, I am really happy about that. And I'm uh, really looking forward to daily work in, in, in August for you. I think during that month, uh, she kind of gets that. I'm not going to want to do it twice. So I think she's going to call in every day. And receive that work along with all the other people who are going to do it. Um, and we'll see how that works, see how that works out. Just that, that tune up. I think she knows I don't want to do it twice a day. I think it's going to be tiring to sit down for half an hour and focus and meditate and clear everything and then do 20 minutes on a phone call, but every day. I don't do anything every day. You know, so anyway, so I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to do that. Um, the last new announcement, uh, here is, uh, uh, Jupiter in Leo. I talked about it a little bit last week. And then I told you there was going to be something very cool for my uh, subscribers to my to my monthly uh, subscription service. So that has now come to fruition. There's a there's an almost 11 minute uh, excerpt, the first 11 minutes of a 70 minute video on Jupiter and Leo, an evolutionary, uh, uh, empowering, original, unique approach. The full video is available for 12 bucks while the sun is in Leo and 15 after. Uh, but for subscribers to tdjacobs.com, it's included as a perk. So if you subscribe to my monthly service, uh, which is 22 a month at this point, um, there's a ton of materials. You can read about that on the subscription page of my site, but included is this, uh, 70 minute video, which is, uh, goes in depth into what Jupiter is really about. It's not just trying to give you a present. It's not just luck. It's not just fortune. This is, this is a, a misconception about what Jupiter is. It's 
that's uh, very widespread in astrology because we want something positive to look forward to. And so we're hoping that Jupiter in transit turns out to be a savior and we can be less miserable, less stuck, less frustrated, less disempowered, more of who we are, whatever. We put our, we pin our hopes on this upcoming Jupiter transit, whatever it is. Like we even look at Jupiter square things as, as great opportunities because it's Jupiter and at least we have this, this, uh, you know, we have this thing we need to, we need to hope things can get better. And the way I describe Jupiter in this video is about how you can actually use Jupiter energy intentionally to make something better, not just sit there and hope that it's going to happen all the time. All the time, all the astrology friends that I've known for, for years will talk about an upcoming Jupiter transit with optimism and, and, and hope. And then when it's actually happening, they don't realize it because they didn't really hear themselves pump up the hope thing before. And then it doesn't happen that way and they're kind of bummed and they're not sure why. And it's like, well, it brings an opportunity, but you have to know what to do. So the video goes into that in detail. Jupiter is going to be in Leo for over a year, a little over a year. So um, you can check that out through tdjacobs.com and uh, see the first 11 minutes on that uh, on that page as well as on YouTube. So I'm going to take my first break uh, right now. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I will be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com.
Hey there, welcome back. It's Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. Um, I want to talk about the Saturn Uranus quincunx that's in play right now. Saturn uh, station direct, which means it uh, seemed from the Earth's perspective to turn around in the sky after five months of uh, retrograding. And Uranus, and that was maybe two, two and a half days ago, Uranus within the last day uh, stationed the other direction. It's beginning its five month retro period, and they're in quincunx at 16 Aries Scorpio. And I said last week, I don't know if you remember that I was going to talk about it, and then it completely slipped my mind. And then I did some stuff for the, my subscribers in there in the new videos when the sun hit Leo. And so I want to share just a little bit about that for you because um because I told you I would. Uh, it seems uh, seems the honorable thing to do. Um, so Saturn and Scorpio is about digging under the surface, and it's about asking hard questions and being prepared for hard truths to to surface. And uh, and it was retrograde for five months and. That means that you have to rethink the structures in your life, but through the lens of Scorpio. Rethink discipline, structure, maturity, responsibility. Through the lens of Scorpio, what that means is, um, am I empowered to do this? (laughs) Do I have strength? Um, What's true here? Am I guided by unseen motivations? You know, what deep psychological uh, bowling ball under my my psychic mattress made me do this stupid thing that now I have to deal with the consequences of that Saturn retrograde against Scorpio. And also dealing with that past issues of um, disempowerment, empowerment, achievement, um, uh, you know, when you felt great about yourself and what was that about, when you felt terrible, when you perhaps uh, felt disempowered or powered over by others, you know, power over power under dynamics. And it was actually during this, that uh, retro period when uh, I started doing all this stuff with the Red Jasper Stones about healing abuse and channeled that 33-page document and released the Goddess book for free, like all the things about abuse. That's in Saturn retrograding in Scorpio. Revisit. Go under the surface. Look at what really makes you tick. What happened that made you feel this way? That's Saturn retrograding in Scorpio. That was five months. And then it starts to slow down and Uranus starts to slow down. Uranus and Aries is about freeing yourself through uh, bold action to create new scenarios, new dynamics, shed the past, get rid of the past. So Saturn's saying, dig through the past to find out where this bowling ball under your psychic mattresses, the pile of psychic mattresses came from. The thing bothers you, you, it's still on your mind, it still smarts, whatever, it still annoys you, that would be a big thing here. Uh, dig under the surface to figure out what's going on. And Uranus and Aries says, just leave everything that doesn't work behind. Just expletive it. Just forget it. Now, Uranus slows down, so you're not able to keep freeing yourself. It doesn't feel right. The rhythm changes. So that's the basic idea here. But the quincunx is that these two energies in your world, these two things, may not seem like they can be in the same room together. That's the energy of a quincunx. So do you deal with the past or do you free yourself from the present, right? Is it irresponsible not to know what happened and understand it? You know, can I just free myself? But if I try to free myself, I might get dragged back into some complex material or historical thing that that keeps me from getting my stuff done. So it's kind of like if you charge ahead, as Uranus and Aries has been asking you to do for a few years – then you might feel stuck because Saturn and Scorpio is in this weird relationship with it. If you decide to hold back, you might feel crazy because you didn't act. So that's kind of the weird thing where it's going to feel like it gets you coming and going or like you can't win with this. And that's going to be a play for weeks, if not another month or so. 
Uh, so anyway, I just want to point that out to you because uh, things that you want to move ahead with that are freeing, that are you know good making in your world, uh, you might find material reality or some stupid detail that you can't avoid, Saturn, uh, quincunx in your efforts. And if you decide to hunker down and not take action, you're you know you might be antsy, you might be anxious, your blood might boil. The quincunx to Uranus and Aries. Even if you don't have anything in your chart affected by that, it's um, it's kind of an intense thing. So that's the that's the deal on that. Um, yeah, and the subscribers to my monthly service, I want you to check that out and see. And this month, including that seventy minute Jupiter and Leo video, I think it was I think it's well over two two and a half hours ish of material uh, on the the upcoming month, including the new and full moons and how to use the energies of the month and really understanding the sign the sun is in and it's a transit, you know, what it's doing. So I encourage you to uh, do this, uh, the monthly subscription that for that. So I want to get to this 12th house stuff. These, these three things. One thing is um, this idea of the 12th house reflux. And uh, one thing was this uh, cartoon that uh, I, I haven't talked about this much in my life, but the last few months I mentioned it to several people, hoping that they knew what it was. I'd seen this cartoon, I think, maybe two or three times when I was a kid. It's a Warner Brothers cartoon. and Not Warner Brothers, a uh, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. And, um, and, and this character in this cartoon just is going about his business, and uh, an accident occurs, and then some terrible punishment follows. And I realized that when I was a kid, this video loomed large. This video was the truest thing. And it kind of stuck with me. The imagery stuck with me. And even though we have, I have had the capability of doing, you know, endless uh, searching on the interwebs for years, I didn't really think to look this up until a few months ago when I when I was asking my girlfriend if she'd heard of it, and she she didn't know it. Um, and the the part of the soundtrack, the song is in my has been in my head since I'm like you know six or seven years old too. <laughs> this catchy song. And anyway. So uh, let me just look up what it's what it's called because I did some uh, some research today. Hold on one second. <laughs> the, well, there are two of these cartoons with these characters in it. The lesser one, the one that's not so impactful, is called "It's Hummer Time," and the other one, it's something about a gambling bug, and that's the one I can't find. I found like an excerpt in, with uh, Spanish. Uh, dubbed in Spanish, which didn't work for me today. But anyway, I couldn't I couldn't find it. I was having all these problems with no matter what browser I use, something was going wrong, and I was like, forget it. So anyway, but it's the it's the same cat and dog that are in its Hummer time, and basically um, the cat the cat is bitten by this gambling bug, who's just this m- mischievous bug, and he doesn't really realize it. And then he somehow gets that gets a uh, sucked into a game of cards with a dog, and he always loses. But when he loses every hand. There's a weird, unique punishment. So it's like no matter what he does, there's a punishment. And I, and I related to that. And, I, and this, this, um, this, I realized it because uh, I'm, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. There's like five things trying to come out of my mouth all at the same time. <laughs> there's a little log jam. Hold on one second. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm thinking about this cartoon, and it's like it's occupied this space in my consciousness my entire life. But um, with Pluto on the twelfth, the person can feel that outside forces, you know, run, you know, run things. And, and sorry, I'm having a great time. I hope you're not uh, terribly bored, but <laughs> by my amusement. But um, no matter what you do, some weird punishment follows. And I'd had that in my head. Now that is karma. That's a belief that can be changed, but it's a belief that's shaped. Or 
engendered through disempowering experiences where you feel that the whole universe is kind of you know out to get you or, or working against you or you're just this little tiny tiny person how can you possibly feel empowered so anyway it appealed to me for that and when i did that demystifying the 12th house i didn't mention that as a personal experience but but this cartoon is in there so a couple months ago after that show uh, I, I i said to my girlfriend you know let's just look it up and watch it we watched it together and i had this uh kind of time traveling sense of um the cartoon it's terrible it's awful, and it makes me feel peace because it resonates with what part of me feels is out of place in me. You know, it's like like I've talked before. I talked in uh, I think it was uh, the January first of 2014 show where I had a student of mine uh, named Cat Cat on the show, and we talked about our entertainment choices. And I said that you know like I know I have like karma of war and explosions, and so I'm drawn to media to kind of match the inner soundtrack, the energetic soundtrack that's in my space, which is of chaos, drama, fighting, people running around and screaming. That's in my emotional body. It seems normal to me, uh, unfortunately, because of some past lives of, you know, some Marsy stuff and Pluto stuff. So anyway, so with this cartoon, um, the, the, the cat accidentally does something, and then the dog goes to, uh, you know, the punishments all have names. And the cat goes, oh, anything but it's your birthday. No, anything but that. And the dog is dragging the cat over, and it's like it gets a, like the candles on a cake are dynamite, and the cat's sitting in a chair with this little hat on. And it's anyway, so it's like all these like weird punishments. Um, and the cat has obviously been through all this before, and just anything but the filing cabinet, anything but the fence. And I kind of have felt that. I kind of have felt that. So anyway, that was the first twelfth house reflex thing where. Where essentially you can process something regarding your own karma and your past life stuff, including 12th house stuff or anything else, but you can, you can process it and you can work with it and you can understand what it is. You can know what it is and then that steam comes up. The thing is boiling. It's working. You're like, great. Progress. Science is wonderful. <laughs> and the steam is going up and then it's caught in this mechanism intended for that and then it condenses and it goes back and becomes part of what is boiling again. I know I'm not saying that in a very elegant way, but that's the idea. It's the same exact thing. The things are in my emotional field, like your karma, your fears, the things you don't want to happen. They're in there. And so when you work on them, you kind of dig down and work on different levels, and then they come up again later as well because it's still in your field. Don't think that you this means that you can't escape crappy karma. What it means is that there's still stuff in your field, but your relationship with it can change. So now I can laugh at this cartoon instead of like nodding somberly as like an eight-year-old saying, yeah, that's what it's like, you know, which is very sad and depressive. Instead of being like that, I can laugh at it and say, yeah, there's a part of me that feels that way. And isn't that a little ridiculous? You know, so anyway, that was the first thing. And then um, the second thing was today was hearing a story um, uh, on uh, Radiolab, which you may have heard me mention is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And the story is about Galapagos. It was called Galapagos, or this whole episode. And they went to the Galapagos Islands and talked to different people who are from there and journalists who traveled there and ecologists and all kinds of things. And one story was about um, this goat population that had come over 500 years prior with uh, um, just – Pirates, explorers, travelers, and Galapagos being a major kind of rewatering station on uh, certain routes. And uh, 
left some goats there. I have to close this thing with a cartoon in it because it's totally distracting me. What I'm looking at is a still of a cartoon hand holding a jar that says sneeze powder. It's going to get the cat in trouble. I'm like, I know. I'm going to, I got to stop looking at it. Um, so, um, uh, so he's going to give it to the dog. The dog's going to sneeze and wake up and, uh, you know, anything but the filing cabinet, whatever, anything but the fence. So there's this out of control goat population, like on this one island, like a hundred thousand goats, like crazy, and they're destroying the forest. So the decision is made by authorities to, um, to, you know, this is the part that you're not going to, like so much, but I was actually grounded when I heard this part that they're they're going to shoot a lot of these goats to help save the 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 environment on the you know on the thing. I was thinking, why wouldn't they try to relocate the goats? And I don't know if that's absurdly complex or not, but I don't know. Anyway, I would have tried that. Uh, too bad I wasn't in the Galapagos in 2006, uh, being an ecologist or whatever. So, um, so. There's this operation that begins where people are sh- shooting shooting some of these goats, and they realize that the goats actually learn when they hear this helicopter noise. They start running and hiding. They go into caves. They hide under trees and hold still and hold their breath. And like they're you know they learn right. Goats are very smart actually, uh, and so they're like we have to figure out a new way to to make this happen. So one guy comes up with this idea. He calls creating a Judas goat and he, and they um, tag a goat with a radio uh, transmitter collar, you know, just like, you know, so they can track the goat and then they let that goat go and that goat finds a population and then they catch up to that goat a couple weeks later via the radio, you know, the telemetry, they find the goat and then they kill all the other goats in this herd. So basically this goat wanders around, looks for friends, finds them and then they all get killed. They don't kill the Judas goat. That goat, they leave because it's already got the collar. Just let the goat go. So that goes off to that goat goes off to find another herd. And then they do the same thing two weeks later. And I was like, part I could watch myself uh, because this is a kind of a twelfth house thing where like disaster strikes and it seems to follow you around. And that kind of idea of that, like. You know, you know, sometimes Pluto on the twelfth and get a little persecution complex going. And I have memories of like, ah, ha, ha, I'm being very funny about it, but like I do have a memory of a of a being part of a being on the receiving end of a, an awful massacre in a past life. I read about that in the Soul's Journey Three, a case study, and about my process in uh, working with those emotions and, and that deep grief that comes up, and because it still does sometimes. Uh, but anyway, so then this goat runs off and it over and over and over again. And over time, they create dozens, if not a couple of hundred of these Judas goats to, to help take care of this population. And then they let all those goats kind of hang out together and everything's fine. They don't kill them. And so there's a small goat population. But this idea of like, now I belong, now I find these people here, and now everybody dies. It's like um, the repetition. I was, you know, they were like, ah, ha, ha, you know, they're using this goat. And yeah, wow, that's a clever thing to do. I'm sitting there saying the soul of this goat has Pluto in the 12th house. <laughs> it may even have Pluto, Venus, Mars in the 12th house. You know, losing, loss, overwhelm, tragedy, all this stuff. And I'm thinking about the soul of that goat. And, I'm, and, I, on the, and I'm, I was actually on, my, on a bike ride. And I had this moment of um, I could see a part of me was ready to burst into tears, but I wasn't really connected to that part. So I said several times, no, (laughs) in kind of incredulous, like that, no, because I just saw that path 
and I and I related to that. So that's the second thing about the uh, the recycling of the thing. You think you're processing it, but it comes back. And um, oh my gosh, am I blanking on the third one? I think I'm blanking on the third one. Well, anyway, it's uh it's time for uh the last break, the second break. So stick with me. I'm Tom Jacobs. This is a Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. Positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, Explain soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death. To free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and tonight I'm talking about uh, my uh, three of my own kind of 12th house things, uh, a follow-up to demystifying the 12th house, a little bit of a follow-up, a 12th house reflex, the idea that things get processed, things get moving, but then the steam can condense and then drip down and be fodder to boil again, or if that's the right way to say it. Uh, and I forgot the third thing, and then my girlfriend texted me because she's listening to the show, which is very kind. Thank you. And it was this, a, a different interview on a different pod. It was an interview on a different podcast, and it was about a guy um, who – it's called Tomlinson Hill, and he's a journalist. His name is Chris Tomlinson. And I just – I don't know if my imagination was captured, but like 
four or five different things on different levels happened when I heard about this project he's doing. He comes from uh, a family in Texas that had a large plantation and owned slaves prior to the Civil War. And um, it's apparently kind of now a small town, but 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 uh, there are people – the slaves who were freed from that um, – from you know by that family at the end of the war you know by law slaves that were freed some of them took that name which is very common so he writes this book about two families named Tomlinson one of them had that name and the other one took that name on adopted that name because of this whole ownership thing i've been thinking the last few months i don't think i've mentioned it um I mentioned it at home a couple of times just because it looks like stuff is like cycling through my mind. But I've been thinking quite a lot about the colonialism and thinking about um, this, you know, these different ways it works in different parts of the earth timeline. And, and, and slavery here in the U.S. has always been a defining factor and will probably always be. It's part of what it means to be in the U.S. is to attempt – to deal with that history. And I have that in my emotional body as well. Like I have very vivid memories of uh, at least one other life in this country as a person with brown skin in that situation and slavery also in other, in other uh, lifetimes, at least one other. And I, I read about that. Those also in the Souls Journey 3, a case study. Um, and if that piques your interest, get all three of the Souls Journey books because the, all the principles are laid out in detail in a very ordered fashion in Volume 1. And then Volume 2, there's practice with seven people. I bring this, their, their own stories to life. And then number three is 19 of my own past lives. So kind of like laying, laying out all the principles in the first volume, really get comfortable with that. Then get Volume 2, and you can see how to bring it to life and how to work with the concepts. Uh, and then Volume 3 is like 19 past life stories using one chart. So anyway, there's a little progression there that's it's important. Um, but I do write about this um, in that. But when I heard this story, just the idea that he actually made a, uh, a documentary as well as wrote this book. And uh, each are now available. The book was released, I think, just two days ago. So I actually ordered the book, which I don't read that much because I'm usually hanging out with beings and uh, producing quite a lot of work and writing my own books. But I, I was really inspired. And so he's talking with – uh, members of this family, this family, I, I don't like saying black, just, just for the record. I say brown, because if your skin is actually black, you're not a human. Your, your skin is brown. If you're from lots of places on this, in this country, and by the way, I'm Caucasoid, I refer to my skin as pink. And some Caucasoid people are kind of, um, very few of us are really white. And so I just find that whole thing annoying. That's my Uranian, uh, uh, you know, chip on my shoulder about accuracy. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so I've always thought of like brown and pink. I've, so anyway, I say brown. Most people say black or whatever, African-American. Um, so anyway, um, this one family of pink people who's named Tomlinson and this other family of brown people who are named Tomlinson. And then looking at those people in this town today and how they're products of 150 years of this issue – Anyway, I was totally inspired. Totally inspired by this. It's a just a, a marvelous healing opportunity to get to the bottom of where we feel powerless. And so you have pink 
descendants of uh, pink people who have owned other kinds of people, other colors of people. <laughs> I make it kind of sound like a Lego experience, and maybe it kind of is. Like, well, this one's yellow, and this one owns the red one, whatever. But like, um, but uh, you have those people. Some of some pink people feel guilty because life has been so hard for some other people that the pink people have benefited from, you know, the subjugation of. And this guy at the end of the interview says. The, the the journalist who wrote the book said um, something about how he isn't sure if what he has in his life, what he's earned and achieved and what he has, is actually due to merit because he recognizes that he has had benefit simply from how he looks. And so then he thinks about his, his father and his grandfather and people in his family versus other people. So you know, but he's looking at racism. He's looking at poverty. He's looking at this whole thing in this small town, looking at this thing in America through the lens of this small town. I found it completely inspiring. Um, I actually followed him on Twitter, which I <laughs> – you know, whatever. But I'm just like really inspired and really interested and can't wait for that book to get here. Um, the book is – as I said, it's called Tomlinson Hill, and I, I think that is the title of the film as well. And you can look up TomlinsonHill.com, and that's his website uh, for the project. And it's just, just really inspiring. But one of the things is that um, I am pink, but I have visceral real-time memories of not being pink. So something that I deal with. Um, everybody has lived all these different uh, kinds of lives, all these different places, all these different sets of uh, genetic coding, which you know, in part results in, uh, or is one of the factors that, that, or is the source of different skin color. And you know, looking at this whole thing about what it's like to be an American, what it's like to be on Earth is separately than being an American. What it's like to be on Earth, given that colonialism which is the whole domination, power over power under, crap, Pluto paradigm that we've been dealing with for so long uh, because we're really messed up about what power is, what it really is. Um, just dealing, thinking about that and dealing with that, and I have these long conversations with Jehudi about slavery and imperialism and colonialism and invasion, conquest, and, you know, and, uh, and uh, people being three-fifths of a person. And, um, you know, I have all these conversations with him actually also about um, the situation with Native Americans uh, and different elements of their experience and how all that is, or God, goddess, creator, source, whatever, um, how we as, a, we as uh, the divine collective have opted to experience these really terrible things, these really horrible things. One of the things that, um, that Jehudi talks about is um, many parts of the world, I'm kind of giving you a sneak peek of something I haven't yet concretized i think he would love it if i sat down and did like an eight or nine or ten hour channeling thing on this <laughs> i think sometimes like uh, a few months ago and i was like taking a break from talking to him just so i could kind of get my get my head back and just kind of do my thing and and uh, take some days off he was like well now you have some time you could sit down and do the whole thing about the history of america and how it's, you know, and all the things that have happened here being in this crucible or this incubator of things happening very quickly and the collision of culture and the stuff about owning, you know, slavery and all this stuff and uh, colonialism and expansion. And anyway, so he, I think he would love it if I just devoted, you know, a giant portion of my life to talking about how um, all the, th this is the idea, how all of the um, things that 
things about being in this country and things that have been very painful for various peoples who have come to this country, various groups of people and individuals who have come to this country, you know, the, um, the, the pressures that are on people who, to, to assimilate upon people who come here from other countries, um, the, um, classism and the racism and the, uh, all the stuff, this, all the stuff, power, power over power under stuff, the cliquish crap, you know, that, that, uh, that is predominant in, um, in, in U.S., uh, you know, you, well, uh, many modern cultures, but it's really been, um, it's really been kind of loud in this country. And he, t- and Jehudi gives me these insights about that this serves our collective journey by being thrown together in certain ways for certain reasons. So I have this, I have this kind of, um, I don't know, like my attention is wandering toward things like slavery. And, um, I do think, <laughs> I do think about racism quite a bit. I think about my own experience, like, like growing up in a small town in the Midwest with, with around people who had certain ideas, including some people in my family who had some, some kind of, um, uh, expletived up, uh, small minded ideas. Um, and also, you know, things that they taught me about uh, us and them. So actually through astrology, it comes to me a lot as a teaching about us and them. And I was thinking about a lot when Jupiter was in Cancer. Now Jupiter's gone. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Anyway, us and them is this thing about, is about protecting the people you love by teaching them to fear the other people, us versus them. I actually read about that in the Soul's Journey 3, a case study as well, because uh, I had some experiences with my grandmother, my mom's mom, when I was a kid, where she was basically teaching me that some people who are different than we were shouldn't be trusted. And I was like looking at her like, well, I don't, I don't really get it. But I didn't say anything because I was, I think I was like four or five, but uh, I just have these certain memories. And um, anyway, I'm kind of tempted to tell you what they are. I'm going to tell you what they are. One, <laughs> one is. Um, uh, an, uh, a, a woman who babysat for me sometimes and did, I think like, did some cleaning work at my grandmother's apartment because she was elderly by this time anyway. And, um, and this woman, there was a scheduling problem and her, um, I don't know what happened. Like, her car broke down. So her brother needed to help her. Whatever it was, she took me with her and didn't tell my grandmother. Now, my grandmother knew this woman and this family. Like she knew all these people. They were in their brown. They're African American. And but but she lost my lost it. And I was probably gone for a couple hours or something. And it wasn't careless. It just wasn't communicated well. And so anyway, there was a big to do about that. And I remember going in this pickup truck to somebody else's house with these nice people. And I knew this one person. And she said, "This is my brother. This is my family." And I was like, "Okay, great." You know, I was like four, five years old or something. Um, and another experience in a grocery store where, um, where my grandmother saw some, some brown people down the road. And my grandmother um, didn't say anything at first. She didn't offer this. She didn't initiate anything. But she um, put her hand through the strap of her purse and then held on to the, the – the, uh, I have this vivid memory. I mean I remember it you know, almost 40 years ago. Um, uh, put her hand around the handle of the cart and it was just the way she did it was very intentional. And I looked up, I noticed it, and I looked up her. She saw me noticing it, and then she said something like, um, uh, "Well, we we don't want the brown people to steal it." She didn't say brown; she said black people. And I was like, "What?" I didn't say anything though. I'm sure she saw the look of, of confusion because I was like, "What it was was like this like 30 year old woman with her two little kids in Aldi's, 
like they're not stealing my my old lady grandmother's purse. Anyway, so they're there to buy like whatever food. Anyway, so I just have those memories, and um, and uh, so I'm thinking a lot about racism. I am thinking a lot about it. now. The show's kind of winding down, so you're gonna, you're probably gonna I'm gonna end up getting caught mid mid sentence as I cut the you know as we cut the show off, but um or mid thought. But anyway, I've been thinking a lot about this and uh, and some of this twelfth house stuff. The idea of a powerlessness and the idea of do you have free will? Can you make choices? And that's that's an experience that people who live in the twelfth house have. And so with my Pluto, Venus, and Pallas in the 12th house, I've certainly uh, had my share of experiences where it makes me wonder if I do have free will. And some of those, some of the things about um, racism and slavery certainly come up in this idea about, uh, you know, anything but happy birthday, you know, anything but the exploding cigar. Uh, in the other video, the one that, that did not make quite such an impact, there were three or four different things. And one of them was uh, tying a rope around the cat's tail this is a cartoon, by the way, so don't imagine it like it's real. And uh, the, the it's the pipe or the drain pipe, and uh, somehow the dog like ties this. You're like, what is he doing? Uh, I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, ties a bale of hay and drops it from a height, and it pulls the cat through this rope tied to its tail through this drain pipe. Just a stupid cartoon violence, right? But anyway, it made such an impact. So we're coming down to the end of the show. Uh, I did kind of cut myself off to uh, talk about a cartoon again. Um, uh, just a couple minutes left. I want to say that um, your reviews of this podcast uh, help. You can do that in iTunes if you're a subscriber. You can also, if you're just hearing this for the first time, you can subscribe to the podcast and get a new episode updated automatically every week. Um, also, uh, there are about 15 books on Amazon and Kindle and tdjacobs.com. And I noticed a couple new reviews from one reader the last few weeks, and I really appreciate that. And those reviews help as well. It helps people get a feel for the book, and you can rate it, be honest. I'm not asking for stellar reviews. Just I want you to give your experience of reading those books. And, um, yeah, and if you like the show, send send me a few bucks to support it through, uh, through tdjacobs.com. From the homepage, there's a button that says Support the Soul's Journey. And uh, when you click on that, you'll be taken to a PayPal thing where you could enter a donation amount. And everything helps. One woman, an avid listener who's very supportive, sent me $2 last month and apologized that it wasn't more. But it felt like it was 20 because I know that she works hard for her money. And I really appreciate the energy and support. Like it's even more appreciated when money's tight. So I really appreciate all that. And you can do that through tdjacobs.com. Sunday the 27th, energy work here in Tucson. And every day in, in uh, August, 20 minutes conference call for 31 days, transformative energy work a little bit at a time so you can call in as often as you want. Get all the details through tdjacobs.com and contact me with questions. Thanks a lot for your time and energy, and I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.